you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest. Her name is Stephanie Hudson. She's from Bertha.ai, which is, um, well, we'll get into that in just a second, but she's also the creator of a newsletter called Sizzle.ai. AI for course creators. Steph, what is it? And take us take us in at a high level. Uh, well, I don't know if, if you guys listening out there have heard about this uh, little thing called AI that's been happening in the tech world lately, but it is uh, the generative AI is where it's at. So it's generating content, images, text, all kind of things. And for course creation, this is awesome because what is a course but tons of content, right? You've got to get that. The, the biggest hurdle, a lot of times we see people who are creating a course, right? They've got something in here and they know they could that it would be beneficial to other people. But how do you get it from in here to out there in the world where people can benefit from it? And you can make some money off of it, right? So you got Lifter LMS. That's great. But you've got to still get all that this out of here into that vehicle to transport to them. And AI is a great tool for doing that. It doesn't replace your knowledge, your expertise. It just helps you to get it out of your head. That's oh, sorry. Awesome. I caught you taking a sip. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And and I mean, I like to think of myself as an early adopter of technology. And when I first... You sure are. Yeah. When I first saw Bertha.ai, I was I was impressed, but I'm like, I'm not sure how I can use this. And then you actually jumped on a call with me and you started demoing. Uh, we actually did a, uh, like, I was like, well, how can I use this as a course creator? And you you showed me like, well, pick a topic and, and we can come up with like a course outline and, you know, kind of use that as a starting point. And I think yep. we did some kind of like how to do this niche type of investing. And then it like spit out this outline, which is a course creator is essential and a lot of what we have is the experts curse we don't really know how to like chunk things into steps unless mm -hmm. we're trained as a teacher or whatever and i just found that idea generation and that organization ability and just the speed of it all is just kind of mind-blowing um so, it's so and like you said like it's not the human isn't like no longer has a job like you need to work with it just like any tool um but how, yeah, how can we use something like Bertha.ai? Like we can do outlines. You you kind of mentioned images and, and text, but there's a lot of different types of text, like in the course content and the marketing. Like give us some, give us a laundry list of ideas how we can apply AI. Do a course or, I mean, you can use it actually on the entire website that you're putting out there for your course yeah. as well. So within Bertha, just um, well, at the time of this recording, it it just went out last week that we've got a chat with Bertha. So it's very similar to ChatGPT. It's based on the same engine and everything. So you can get in there and ask Bertha questions. And so if you're feeling stuck, you could even say something like, 
how do I start to create a course? You know, you could even ask those kind of questions, like the questions that you're thinking about. Now, Chris, I know you have tons of training and other materials online to help people get started as well. But when it comes to actually formulating like what you're going to say to people, you if you have a topic idea, you can put that into Bertha and ask her to generate all of the surrounding bits. Could you help me generate a title for this that would be engaging? You can control the the tone that she uses as well. So if you want to be very authoritative and expert level on things, you can use that. If you want to be a little bit irreverent, witty, silly, you can you can do something like that. She's not hilarious. Like none of the AIs are hilarious, but they can go lighter and they can definitely go serious and professional and things like that. So so that's kind of fun. And um and then you can and let me take it a step before that even if you don't know what to teach but you want to create a course because courses are cool and course creators are the coolest right so if you just know that you want to get on the bandwagon and create a course for yourself your business you could get out you could get into Bertha and start a conversation with her and ask for suggestions you could say like these are my areas of expertise what could i teach you know, you could say like, I'm a pet owner and I know how to train dogs and I have a bird that sings and I, whatever it is, you can list things that you have and say like, could I create, like, what kind of course could I create about these that, with this skill set? And she'll tell you. So you can do it like that, even like before you've even started to build the thing. So that's, I mean, then you get into it and it can like within each step. And with Bertha is actually, we've got a module specifically to help course creators. So you can go into the Bertha chat where you can just talk free form and have a back and forth conversation with an AI basically. Um, or you can use the specific prompts that we've created and um, refined a bit to actually specifically. So you put in, you enter in a certain couple fields like the topic the uh, the certification you know what's the end result do they get a certificate do they get a uh, gold star whatever it is you put in those things and then it will generate your course outline the the big long like the description basically that you would see uh, like when we did it when we did our example we went to Udemy I think was mm -hmm. it Udemy that we went to the the website and the 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 big course description not the little snippet not the whole course but that's the thing that we really are helping generate. Once you get that, then you've got building blocks and you can take that and go with it from there. You can use Bertha to still help you generate the in-depth content right within each field inside Lifter. So it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. And let's let's talk about the WordPress connection, uh, the chat GBT thing with, um, you know, like this chat interface. And I know that's available with Bertha now too, which is awesome. But Bertha started from within the WordPress community and this is kind of a visual thing, so let's let's see if we can talk about it like through the audio format. But if sure. I'm in my WordPress dashboard or on a on a on a piece of content like a page or a post or a lesson, what do what are these like different building blocks that we can use within Bertha to create different types of content? You mentioned the course description, but how else can we like what other little pieces can we ask Bertha to do of of a website? For sure. So when you install the Bertha AI plugin, for starters, let's just explain that, that it is um, it is a plugin in the word.
WordPress repository, right? And so let me let me open up my uh, Bertha right here, and I'm gonna just read out to you some of the uh, different prompts that are inside Bertha. So there's uh, when you're in your WordPress dashboard, there's a menu on the side that says to launch Bertha, but pretty much any field that you go into um, when you're building a site, it has the little um, purple icon, little robot face of Bertha. You can open it up and then there are uh, templates that are within there. So here are some of them. If you're writing a website, you could generate a call to action for your, your button, like the different Instead of just saying click here, mm -hmm. you could create a unique value proposition for your company. You could um, generate a product or a service description. So if you're using doing an e-commerce site, this one can also be used on things like courses. It can write a full about page in one prompt. Um, you can do FAQs are a really great one. Um, those are useful on course websites and other sites too, but you can generate not only the list of FAQs, but it'll then break down each one and you can have it write answers to them as well. <clears throat> I think you're muted, Steph. I think you did the reverse mute. You, you... Sorry. Did yeah. you hear me cough? We did. And, it's then, all I right did, and then I muted myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Great job, Steph. Uh, <laughs> So I tried so hard for. to be slick. I was <laughs> yeah. trying to be slick about it. <laughs> oh, I failed. So there's also some um, higher level frameworks that you can take advantage of. If anybody is interested in copywriting and how it works and some of the methodology and tactics that are used there, there are different frameworks like the, the PAS framework, Problem Agitate Solution. Okay. Cool. Problem agitate solution. I feel like you'd be all about these frameworks. You I like do love copywriting. Thing. I do love copywriting. Yeah. So the AIDA. Do you know that one? Attention, That's interest, it. decision, action. Yeah, um, basically, we we say awareness, interest, oh. desire, action. But yeah, okay. you had they're all the same. Yeah. So um, you can also do uh, an outline for a, a blog post. And then go back in and put the outline items into Bertha and generate paragraphs. So really, on, you can I do all the stuff. I want to park there because when you first when you first showed it to me, I didn't quite get the power of that. Um, and this outline concept is the similar to making yeah. a course syllabus. Yeah. So instead of sure. thinking about it as a one and done, like you can you can interact with ai at different layers like okay first i need like a strategy like hey i had these interests what should i make a course about or whatever like super high level but then once mm -hmm. you make a decision you can be like all right well let's come up with the outline and then okay that's cool let's let's check chunk that outline into like some steps you know like a sub out you know indent sub mm -hmm. components and then let's pull out the subcomponent and ask the AI to create content for that component or, or whatever. Like you can, it's not like a one and done, like, Hey, create an about page or Hey, create a course. It's there's all these like layers and you just keep working it. And then the magic happens when the human and the machine just work together to create the best yeah. possible. Right. Right. So you're not going to put in one sentence and it's going to generate an entire course for you. Yeah. Right? Like, like I want to pass your income. Saying, I want a passive income producing course, you know, on my website, go. <laughs> yeah, right. you got to take no. it in phases. But, it, but it, the cool thing is, is that that makes it 
you, even though it's generated by an AI, because you are giving it the building blocks that it's creating content with. Yeah. And then you go back. The other key is, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of concern or backlash or whatever you want to call it about how Google views AI content or how humans read it and stuff. And if you just only let the AIs generate content and you never touch it after that, yeah, that's not ideal. Like it, it needs edited and that's, that's okay. I don't think that that's a flaw of the AI. I don't think it's like, oh, it's not making it perfect. I think that's what's allowing, like you said, the combination of the humans and the robots is the best because then that's where you make it truly unique. You make it you and uh, and then it, it elevates it beyond what you could do by yourself or what the robot could do by itself. So it's the, uh, what's that expression? The it's greater than the sum of its parts or something. Is that, you know, that expression where you can, yeah. And I I just want to build on that idea too, is one of my frustrations with writing, especially with outsourcing writing is that there's actually three phases. There's research, then there's writing, and then there's editing. So what I've found is that when I've ever, I've tried to outsource writing, um, I may get somebody who, who writes something, but they didn't do the research or somebody who's good at research, but doesn't know how to write or who doesn't edit. So like when you think about working with AI uh, or with a person, I'm just saying like when it comes to creating a great piece of content, you got to go through the three phases and you can use AI to do all of that. Like when it does the first two in like seconds, (laughs) Which is amazing. Like yeah. I had to, I asked yeah. for a statistic the other day, like, Hey, I need a stat about the e-learning industry. And like, it was like, boom, boom, boom. And it was like, Holy cow. Like I, that would have taken me forever to find. And, uh, the, so I don't know if your audience is, um, up to speed on how this kind of works, but I'll just give a quick little primer that basically, um, birth is based on an engine created by OpenAI, which is this company that's been very much in the news and things like that. And so there are other engines out there. They're called large language models. And what that basically means is that it is, it has been fed the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like it's been fed tons of content, not the entire internet. It only goes up to like, I think September of 2021 or something like that. But uh, it, it's been fed literally billions of lines of text. And so it has been able to absorb and basically sort of learn. I mean, it's not sentient. It's not really learning. But basically, it's got all this information. And then the way it works is it had, it it then generates um, content based on what it has learned in a similar way that humans do. So I'm talking to you right now, and I'm going to answer. You ask me a question. I don't know all of the things I'm going to say. I'm going to come up with one word after another. Like I might have an idea. And then the way I say it, if you asked me the same question tomorrow, I might give you the same answer, but the words would be slightly different. <laughs> and it's a similar with AI. It's not going to spit out pre-programmed answers to a certain question. It's literally putting one word after another based on, instead of instead of actually learning like humans do, it's more like probability, like what word should come next. And so it builds its sentences in that way, like one word after another, which is 
just mind blowing how anybody figured out how to create these things. It's so, it's so wild, isn't it? It is really wild. And another thing I've learned just going deeper on it is, and you guys have figured this out at Bertha is the prompt matters. The question matters. And I heard this concept on a, on a po- another podcast called prompt engineering. Like what the question or the idea was, okay, if AI is also going to write code and write software, what do, what does a developer do or how do we future proof our career? And the, the concept I heard was we'll get really good at prompt engineering, which is asking, knowing what to ask or tell the AI to do. Like that's where the creative director human comes in. So you can actually do more with faster, but you still need like a director, if you will. So how do we write For great sure. prompts? Like how do we prompt? I, I know the One, software has it built in, but how do we how do we become better question askers? Right. So that's uh, if you go to Chat GPT or even Bertha Chat, um, there's there's so many, um, or that there's an ask me anything module in Bertha too. That's just a free form sort of thing where you can just put in whatever prompt. The prompt um, in the lingo of, of the AI generators is the, the thing you ask or the instructions you give. It's what you put in. You're prompting the AI. So just to clarify that. And then, um, so what, what happens is you, you can do it in a free form way, but what Bertha AI has done and many of the other tools that are out there, there's a, there's 10 new ones every single day at this point, but they create these um, little fields and things like that. So it's more of a structured prompt. So mm-hmm. for example, the um, on the course description, it's already built in there how like what it should do with what you give it so we have little fields like what's the title what's the subject what's the certification all these different things that you fill in and then we've already trained bertha to spit it spit out her answer in a certain format listed in an outline put this headline at the bottom that shows the certificate you know like all of those things if you don't use one of those pre-form formulated ones then you just have to say those things in your free form uh, prompt that you're putting in, which you're totally able to do. Those pre-made prompts are just shortcuts, basically, just to make it even easier on you. So the best way, I think, to learn how to do prompts is to play around with it. It's, um, it's a real easy way to start to learn. And you can, you can start, you put something in and you see what you get. And then you tweak it and you see what you get. And, you you know, you sort of have this back and forth. And that really is the best way. The other way is to watch other people doing it. So um, Andrew Palmer and I have done a couple Ask Me Anythings in the group where we go and just say like, hey, let's write a blog post together or let's write it out. You know, like whatever it is we decide to do. And people are always like, oh, that's how it is. You know, kind of like when I showed you some of this stuff, right? Like you can have a concept of it, but until you really see it, you're like, oh, wait, so I could do X, Y, and Z with this. You know, then your brain starts to kind of get carried away with it. That's awesome. Tell us more about tone. Like I heard heard somebody, like you said, it's all about modeling somebody or hearing a cool example. Mm -hmm. I heard on a podcast, somebody was like, okay, have it write something and then have it, 
um, restate it using the rhetorical devices of Barack Obama. And it, and I was, and then, so I did that with something. I was like, holy cow. Now I sound like this inspirational speaker guy, but uh, yeah. Yeah. What are the tone options? And I'm not going away. I'm just putting a log on the fire. So keep talking. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Chris is the only guy I know who would have a fire burning in his office with his outer space backdrop and his uh, Britney Spears concert microphone. Uh, Anyway. So the, now I forgot the fire thing. I forgot what is even, what was your question, Chris? Come back from the fire. We were talking about tone. That's right. Yeah. Tone. Tone. I remember now. Tone. So uh, it, can, it, it learns, the AI has learned from so many different sources that it can identify. So it understands who has written different things. So you can, it's like, there's no list. It's unlimited. You can say like, right using like in the tone of barack obama uh, combined with kevin hart or something like that you know what i mean like you can even combine things you can say anything and if you are stuck for some inspiration on that the coolest thing is you can just ask bertha we did that once on a on a on a live in the Facebook group, the Bertha Facebook group. So the video is still up there. But somebody asked a similar question, like, what tones could we use? And so we just opened up the Ask Me Anything on Bertha and said, give me a list of 50 tones. And it just rattled them off. Those weren't celebrity ones or anything. They were just like witty, irreverent, professional, you know, light sassy you whatever you know just listed a million of those and you can combine them you can do anything so it's really fun tell us about your newsletter the sizzle.ai what what's what's this, that about it's new this is new and it is uh like bertha's a sponsor of it but it's not um it's not about Bertha specifically, I'm just geeking out over all of this AI stuff, Chris. I love it. You and I got into an awesome conversation when we talked and there is so much happening so fast. There's, we really, you guys, not to be overly dramatic, but like we're on, we're on the cusp of a new revolution. Like we've had like the industrial revolution. We've had, you know, like all these different points in history where innovation has made a massive change. And, you know, we've seen certain things like this in our lifetime, of course, with computers, I mean, the internet, all of this stuff. And this is the next major thing, because this is going to change everything. It really is. I know that sounds very dramatic, but the way we all work, and it's, it's much like we already can't imagine going about our day without our smartphone navigating us from one place to the other auto, you know like voice texting people while we drive doing everything you know like communicating with our friends and family everything we do is on our phones and we can't imagine that we didn't have that and yet what 10 12 years ago it was nothing like this so this is what's happening now in the next decade we're not going to remember or like imagine how we went about our days without AI. I really believe that. Like this is, that's how revolutionary all of this stuff is. And the speed with which it is accelerating is phenomenal. The stuff that has changed already just in the past few months is 
almost mind-blowing. So it's going to keep going. And I'm just, I'm already, like, I'm into it, and I like reading about it and learning about it. And so I've seen other people do it, too. And I thought, well, why not? Why not take some other people along for the ride? Since I'm already out there reading it, I'm just going to start a newsletter. I may do a little podcast about it too. But anyway, it's the sizzle.ai. That's called the sizzle because you know why? Do you smell that? That's the future cooking. That's the <laughs> that's my dorky <laughs> tagline. <laughs> well, on the on the effect of uh, dorky techie stuff, one of the one of the things I'd love thinking about is like second, third order effects fourth order effects like so the first thing that ha- the first order effect of ai is like oh my gosh students are going to use this to write their essays what do we do but there's like there's like second order effects that come after that like okay well what's how does this change education how does this change the role of teachers and then and then what is it, what does that change then cause to die accelerate change whatever like what are some like more further out there, less obvious, you know, second, third order effects you might see happening because of AI that people aren't even realizing yet who haven't spent as much time as you like thinking about this and geeking out about this and observing society and everything. That's a tough question, but I think the education area is really um, an important one right now because um, what it makes me think about, like I sort of go backwards into history to compare it to different things. And one that is not so far back is when you would be in math class and you weren't allowed to use your calculator. Mm. You had to do the math. And and why? Because you're not it's not like you're going to be having a calculator in your pocket everywhere you go. Guess what? We do, right? So what what does that mean? And the the fact of it is like yeah, we don't have to do tons of long division or algebra in our brains and we do have these tools in our literally in our pockets but it's important to understand the underlying mechanics of those things like if you can understand sort of how it works that's still valuable right so uh but it's also good to know how to use the tools i mean all ai is is a tool and so when you think about it in that way if you if you go forward trying to deny it or subdue it as a as an educator or an employer or whoever, you're gonna fail because it's here and it's happening. You're better off learning how to utilize this tool properly. Another example I like is um, maybe even a more powerful one is uh, did you ever see that movie uh, Hidden Figures? It's a based on a true story of the women that helped launch the space shuttle. Mm -hmm. They were in a a job pool. Like there was a big group of women, uh, black women, as a matter of fact, who were called computers and they all had pencils and they would compute that they would do the math longhand with pencils. And within the course of this, the time period represented in this movie, the company there, NASA got, the first big giant IBM computer that filled a room. Now, what do we say about that? Well, that's going to take all their jobs. That's terrible. It's going to take all their jobs. Yes, it is. Is it terrible? Well, look at how much more can be done. So right now we're, we're seeing like, oh, AI is going to take jobs and people are up in arms about it. But there was one character in the movie. Um, I can't remember the character. The, it's a real woman. Instead of 
being scared or complaining she was going to lose her job, she went to the library and bought books on programming. And she learned how to code that big giant IBM computer. A black woman in the 60s did this and she became like the first computer, pro- like one of the first computer programmers. And she got went on to have like a management position at NASA instead of just being this lowly computer with a pencil, right? So there are there are people who are going to be left behind in this revolution. And there are people who are going to realize that this is an opportunity and they are going to take advantage of it. So what that looks like in the future, I mean, it's super easy to see now. We already hear a lot of people talking about prompt engineers as a job. I think that's short-sighted. That's a thing right now that is a, I mean, that's that's just going to be like a, a low-level thing. That's not going to be like a major career. But um, But there's there's really no telling how many areas of life that this is is going to affect you know uh it's uh, do you have ideas do you have things that you've already got in your mind about like second third fourth level repercussions well i I like what you're saying about going back in history so another example like the the calculator is the internet versus the library versus the encyclopedia britannical Hanukkah versus oral traditions and books, right. you know, like we go back and back into how we, we pass information and access information. And it's like literally exploding exponentially. <clears throat> so, um, you know, right now we already have too much information. Like there, there's just so much information coming at us. Overload. So it's no long, it's no longer about the volume. It's about the quality and the, you know, kind of minimizing it. Um, I, I haven't spent too much time thinking about it. I, I need to, cause I, you know, I, w- I would start to see some things, but I, you know, I think we're going to see people who fight back against it. Like kind of like the Luddite thing where people used to throw shoes and the gears of the machine that was taking the factory jobs. You know, we, people, there's like a kind of a, a revolution against the internet, which I'm a believer in, of in terms of like, hey, you, your brain needs a break. Don't be online all the time. Don't have the phone in front of your right. face all day long. You know, don't talk to AI all day long either. I, like, we're gonna have that same thing again with AI. There is such thing as too much AI. Um, yeah, so, like, don't let your brain turn to mush. Like, you yeah. gotta still think. You'll yeah. just let machines do it for you. Yeah, yeah for and sure. this happens every time when we get new technology, like. When the automobile was first introduced, there was lots of car accidents and figuring out how do we yeah. share the streets with horses, and then eventually the horses weren't on the streets anymore. And and but over time, like humanity has always adapted in terms of jobs and stuff like that. I mean, there could be big changes in terms of. Um, it is possible that there it's kind of like a game of musical chairs where there there literally won't be enough jobs. Like that could happen, but I'm confident in the human ability to figure out how to deal with that. Like in terms of yeah. like that being a benefit that, For Hey, sure. we, we figured out how to, the machines, both the hardware and the software can support us. Let's figure out a way to still take care of society and make sure everybody's covered and like kind of figure that out. Like I'm confident we can do that, but I think we're going to see some of those issues arising in the next 10 years for sure. Yeah, like, I mean, when, when yeah. tractors were invented, farmers were thought they were going to be out of jobs, right? right. When yeah. the camera was invented, painters thought they were going to, it was going to end painting, you know, like there's, there's so many different points in history where new technology 
technically reduced or eliminated jobs, but it creates so many new ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it opens up the world to so much, so many more amazing things. Now, that is not to say that this isn't without cause for concern. There are tons of ethical issues with all of this. Mm-hmm. The art world right now is um, really up in arms about the ethics of AI art generation because it has scanned the internet. You know, these AI machines have scanned the images that are on the internet and they're able to recreate art in the style of different artists and things. You know, we haven't really talked about the art side of it, but have you played? Have you played around with Dali or Mid Journey or? Yeah, I've played around with all of them or many. Oh of yeah, them. you had yeah. all like you have all those profile pictures of it. The, the which one was that from? Was that Imagine that you used for those? That was Imagine. I literally have like seven hundred, and I just I, I didn't want to like <laughs> spam the internet with everything. But um, I also have given that as a gift to people that like at Christmas I like you know did the whole thing for some well, people that a great are great idea. Like, her not as techie as me and they're like whoa me is like a queen me is a superhero me is this and that it's yeah. it's kind of fun so that's awesome yeah so the art stuff is super cool uh but then you think like okay so it's it's pretty cheap right like what is it 30 bucks or something and you can go and generate a whole bunch of images of yourself yeah, yeah like 300 yeah. or something yeah yeah and uh so why why is it so cheap? Why are they doing that? Well, guess what? You're giving them your face. So what yeah. happens there? Right? There's nothing really locked down. I'm not a particularly like panicky conspiracy theorist person on that. Like we're not off grid, you guys. Like if we if you want to be off grid, like you gotta like throw away your phone, you gotta get off this podcast for sure. Like this is not right. <laughs> you know, like there's no like the grid is everywhere it's you you really have to be determined to be off of it but but there are certainly like that's a small example but there are tons of privacy concerns when we're doing this so uh chat gpt if anybody played around with that or used that for anything you think you're using it guess what it's using you it was getting information it was learning how people used it they were losing that losing or uh, spending is a better word like, I think it was like $3 million a day or something. Like, the numbers were all different, but like millions and millions of dollars were spent lo- allowing that to be free because it co- it takes uh, computing power, tons of computing power to generate this content and stuff. So even though it's fairly inexpensive to generate content as a user, you know, on a mass scale like they did where they opened it up for free, it was very costly, but uh, they were learning from us while we were learning from it so there you know so there's all of that and the the art one is really one of the more controversial ones because you know you can you can generate text and you can run it through a plagiarism checker very easily but there is no tool like that for art and what constitutes somebody's personal art you know one you pixel different right like what makes it makes it unique and you know on on one side of the argument you can say like well okay mr or miss artist how did you learn to be an artist you learned from looking at examples of other people's art right like you 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 know some people learned from copying the greats right like you hear you hear that a lot like go look at the renaissance artists and copy them try and duplicate their works and you 
generate your own style eventually and you learn what you're good at and things like that. So so that's one side of it that like, okay, well, it learned from all those just like you did on imagery that was publicly available. So is it theft or is it not? But then you start looking closer and you see some of these images that get generated. They actually sometimes have little snippets of like signatures, mm. <laughs> which wow. is not taking inspiration from something that is yeah. actually copying. So, so then it's, a, so, you know, there's, there's a whole big gray area of the ethics around this that you can sort of very easily argue both sides of. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see where things fall. And the other thing is who gets to be in charge of that? You know, mm -hmm. who gets to determine what's okay and what's not okay? This isn't a, you know, this isn't a national thing. This is a global tool that's been created. So how do you determine, like, who gets to say what's okay and what's not okay, right? Yeah. And I think I heard this debate too um, with the way search engines work, where there's a file on websites called robots.txt, I think, which a lot gives the creator the ability to block search engines if they want to. So huh? perhaps in the future of the internet and our, at least our internet based content, maybe there will be a new like robots.ai file where creators can choose to. Um, <clears throat> they want to get the 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 content out, or they want to protect it from fair use or AI or whatever. So it's uh it is complicated, but at the end of the day, yeah, I like to is. think of the analogy of 3D printing. So if you mm -hmm. look at building a house, you know what I'm really excited for within 10 years is the ability to be able to 3D print a house. Because if you've ever built a house or yeah. done an addition or construction project. You know, you're 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 assembling all these different tools. There's a lot of manual processes. There's a lot of delays and inefficiencies in this and that. But what if a truck could roll up? It has all these inputs of like different materials, and then like a bunch of you know like a scaffolding of structures erected, and it literally like prints a house in a day or two. How cool is that? That's where we're going. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, yeah for sure. I don't know if it'll even take ten years. I mean. Yeah. With the speed, the speed with which this stuff is happening is pretty, pretty nuts. So here's another scenario that's a little bit tricky to think about. I got to readjust because lights are coming in from outside. <laughs> but um, so the AIs only have access to, uh, to up to a certain point, right? So they're not actively searching the internet at this point. I've um, noticed that when I, I've gotten some error messages that say things like oh this url was created after 2021 like you said like there's a there's a model it's trained on and then it stops and in my mind mm -hmm. i was like why don't we just release it on the internet like so they right but i think there's probably some ethics issues and some fact checking issues there, or something there are right? ethics there yeah. are and also so the difference between this is something i want to talk about a little bit the difference between so there, a lot of people are saying like chat GPT, oh, it's going to be a Google killer, right? But what's the difference between doing a search of the internet and asking an AI a question when it's been trained on the internet? To me, it's, it's not remotely the same thing. You're asking the AI to make a judgment on what content is true, what content is the best. When we do a Google search, yes, we trust Google to serve up 
things that it's using trust factors and things like that to say like, what's the most relevant, but we have pages and pages of Google results that are generated by human beings that we get to evaluate what answers we believe and trust, or you get to say like, oh, multiple people have said this, but a few people have said that. Whereas AI is giving you like its interpretation, full stop. And so when you're doing a search of other generated content, you know, which at this point is pretty much all generated by humans, it's it's up to you still. And so that's a big difference. Now, there is going to be sort of a combo effect happening, which this is going to be the craziest prediction that is out there right now, but it's going to be true. It's uh, it's it's almost fact. Bing is going to surpass Google. Like wow. if you'd have told me 6 months ago I would say that, I would have said I would have laughed. Why? Why? Because by a show of hands, who has ever even used Bing? Exactly. Nobody. <laughs> like you it's hard to even like you forget Bing even exists. But oh, Microsoft, Microsoft's investment in, in open AI. What? Microsoft is going all in on AI and they are going to incorporate these AI large learning models and the other processing tools into their search. So it's going to be a combo, which is going to be super powerful. But think about this scenario for a second. We've got, it only goes up to 2021, right? So now we're in 2022 is when this whole thing starts busting wide open. Thousands of the people start generating AI content, right? They're, they're creating AI generated content. So the internet then becomes flooded with AI content. Then we open up AI to search the internet and it's searching itself. It's finding content that it generated that may or may not be true. Some of the things it comes back with are like, it's fabrication. It's, it's not accurate and it's not true. But if you like, you can go into creating um, content that's not necessarily true on the internet. Like people are. Sure. yeah. 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 But it's, to me, it's like, that then it becomes like the AI feeding itself, which okay. seems to be such a different thing, right? And um, so, you know, like you can go on like in Bertha, there's um, a bio. You can write a bio. Uh, you can say like write a bio for Chris Badgett. You can just say that. And it will generate all this stuff about like where you went to school and what you did and blah, blah, blah. It's not true. It's going to have the format of it. And then you could just go in and swap out like this is the degree I got or this is the school. You know, like you swap out the yeah. schools and stuff. But it, it it does a format, but it doesn't have all the factual details. But if you start generating tons of that stuff and then it's just feeding this machine, it's like, I don't know. It just becomes like, are we going to end up with this like weird closed loop of information <laughs> that like we're just generating content based on the content that was already ge- you know like I don't know it just seems that's a that's an interesting problem that's going to need to be overcome I think well maybe we can learn from Wikipedia or something there where like there's all this constant like human editing happening or something yeah I mean the humans and the machines have to work together like it's not like yeah, for the quality. Yeah, there's there's got to be a way for for the people to work together. Um, last question, Steph. You mentioned like generative content. I think what what us what else other uses are there besides generative content? Oh, you mean in AI? Yeah. 
So generative means to to generate, to create. Yeah. So you can generate text, you can generate code, you can generate art, you can generate all these things. But AI has already existed in in many ways as far as, you know, analytics in um, things like uh, self-driving cars. That's yeah. AI for sure, you know, and that's going to take off even more. Like we're going to really start to see that technology. That's one that I'm excited for because I don't like to drive. I like to be chauffeured possible so uh yeah i mean in healthcare that's gonna be another like that to me is gonna be a really really beneficial one where diagnosis um, and stuff. more analytical yeah. elements of ai so rather than having you know you go to this doctor and that specialist and this thing and that thing and then you go to somebody your your general doctor when you're sick and they don't have the whole picture for starters they have an imperfect human limited mind for second you know so they don't have like the history of medical documents to to base things on you know so if you can go in and give it variables like of your history and all that that is continually being fed in throughout your life you know, I mean, kids that are born now, pretty much they're going to have AI diagnoses when they're older, you know, which is in some ways, you know, you still like at this point anyway, it still needs human oversight for sure. But you can see how something like that could end up being more accurate than like human interpreting only. an x-ray or a CAT scan or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Like what if it was using the data set of all x-rays and CAT scans of yep ever and what actually happened like following the patient and all that like it's just insane yeah or what happens when you know you've got a person's entire like every single test result every single thing that has happened to them you know i have a, I have a close friend who is like in her late 40s randomly got like a growth in her brain and had to have brain surgery like it happened in a week mm. and they don't know what caused it, but she had a crazy bad infection like three months before that. And no, it didn't, it wasn't on anybody's radar and nobody knew that that was, you know, so then she's got these symptoms and it takes how long to identify that there's an actual problem there. Well, if you've got these incredibly, uh, like it's not intelligence, but it's informed. They have all of the data that they can crunch like a human mind. Just, we can't hold all that data even if we could, we couldn't hold the, you know, a doctor can't hold all that data for every single one of their patients, right? So they can take that kind of stuff and process it and come up with different solutions, warnings, all kinds of things and treatment options and stuff. I mean, I think the potential in the medical field is going to be phenomenal. It's a rabbit hole. Go check out the, sizz the sizzle.ai because there's, yeah, because I would encourage you to get in front of this issue and, um, and just kind of, fall in love with it. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of challenges, but there's also a lot of opportunities here. So better to like learn from people like Steph who are, have really been in this space for, you know, multiple years ahead of the majority as an early adopter. And also check out Bertha.ai yeah. to use AI on your website to not replace you, but accelerate what you can do. Any final words for, for the sure. people, Steph? Yeah, I mean, I think we are at a huge advantage. If you are, if you're a follower of Chris Badgett, if you're, listen, if you've made it 53 minutes into this podcast, listening to us talk about it, then you have an advantage. 
And that is that you're probably a geek and you're probably interested in technology. You're probably, I don't know, maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're a free thinker, maybe you're, you like to learn new things, right? You're a lifelong learner as Chris is, and I am, you have a huge advantage because this is available to us now. It's, it's available to other people too, but it's technically out of their reach because it seems too scary and too complicated and things like that, right? The Luddites or the, you know, the moms of the world might not be, you know, like my mom could not care less about this kind of thing. It's going to affect her life, but she's not, you know, like we are on the cutting edge of a huge technological revolution, which is an awesome, we're, we're the ones that are going to start defining what those new roles are and how we can use this in our lives. So by the way, um, I think that we should give your audience a hookup. I think we're going to give everybody some extra words if they sign up for uh, Bertha AI. We'll give you some extra words and some extra images. Uh, so let's do, uh, I'll have to go set up the code after as soon as I get off of this live. But if you're listening on the podcast, go use code LIFTER2023 and uh, we'll put, let me write that down so I do the right one. <laughs> Chris, write that down and remind me what code <laughs> I just LIFTER2023 and uh, go sign up for Bertha.ai and, and you get some extra words because that's how you, that's how you learned by playing around with it. That's awesome. So lifter2023 is the coupon code bertha.ai. <laughs> Check out Steph's AI newsletter at the sizzle.ai. Thanks for coming on the show, Steph. We really appreciate this it. This was super fun. Thanks for having me. I mean, I always love hanging out with you, Chris, but I, I geek out over this topic, as you can probably see. <laughs> awesome. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.